and welcome to the North Decatur Presbyterian Church Sermon Series. We're a PCUSA congregation in Decatur, Georgia. If you'd like to find out more about us, go to ndpc.org or just come by and visit. Here's this week's sermon. Thanks for being with us this beautiful Sunday, Sunday. morning. Sunday? Yeah. It's Sunday? Yeah, Sorry, Sunday. As far as you know, it's Until Sunday. Tomorrow. Until tomorrow. Yeah. All right. That's the way it is. Uh, we're going to get to some, some sermons, some scripture tonight, today, this morning. But uh, before we did, uh, I thought, you know, Clint, I don't know about you, but I just don't have enough time during the week. I don't have time to get all the things done that I need to get done. So, um, actually, I was hoping y'all might indulge me and let me uh, get rid of, get, get, you know, get some of my tasks taken care of. Yeah. Um, some of the things I didn't get done, mm-hmm. you know, during the week. Tons of things to playing do. So, uh, I yeah, playing catch up. I thought um, I thought you might, you guys wouldn't mind if I maybe wrote some of my thank you notes. That's a nice thing to do, thank you notes on a Sunday. I mean, I know all, this is multitasking, you know, you're multitasking, probably, right now, I don't know, what, watering your garden? Yeah, I don't have a garden, but I water the cats. (laughs) Watering the cats? Yeah, Yeah. I drink water, so. Yeah, which, maybe watching funny cat videos. Yeah, or digging for buried treasure in the cat box. Well, that's you, Uh, but maybe, maybe, maybe that's what you're doing, I'm not gonna, I'm not here to judge. That's okay. Yeah, no. But I am, I do, I just wanted to get some thank you notes written. So uh, this seemed like a good time as any to do that. And, um, you know, there are, a lot, uh, there are a lot of gifts given to us by scripture. Yeah, and I got a gift once. What'd you get from the Bible? I got a paper cut. <laughs> That'll happen. You gotta, out for days. gotta be careful with that Bible. Yeah, it, can yeah, be, be it can be dangerous. Good thing they're in digital form now. You know? Yeah, yeah, you can't get, nothing goes wrong ever with digital formats so uh yeah so um i just want to say thank you actually we've got i mean we get we get a lot of stuff from some specific people in the bible the writers of of the different books of the bible yeah most books in that the first five there's the first five yeah you know who wrote those the uh had a beard the pen he had a pen he had a staff. Yeah, 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 that's the guy. Dug a big ditch in a... That's the one, Moses. Water, yeah. Peter Moses. Yeah. Yeah. Moses. Yeah, yeah. Moses. Oh, wrote man. the, wrote Moses. the Pentateuch. Oh. Yeah. I'm not going to say that word because that'll sound bad. Pentateuch. 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 Okay. All right. So, yeah, he wrote the first five books <laughs> right up to the part where he dies. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to write the story of your own death. So, yeah, so he wrote the, but this, this person that I want to thank today wrote more than Moses. Wow. Yeah, more of the Bible books. Yeah, he wrote five. He wrote five. Yeah. There's David. David wrote. David wrote, yeah, he wrote a lot of the songs. Yeah. Yeah. Some of your greatest hits, some of the Bible's greatest hits. The Lord is my shepherd. Indeed. He's got a staff, too. the shepherd? Oh, the shepherd. David. I yeah. thought you meant David. No, no, no. I was yeah. trying to figure out how David had his... Right. I mean, I guess, maybe. I don't know. I thought he had a liar, right? David had his... Yeah, he had a liar. He, <laughs> he, was, he wasn't a liar. He had a liar. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So no, no. Who I want to write these thank you notes uh, came from. This is wrote, as far as we know, most of the New Testament. Uh, you know, somewhere between seven and thirteen books. He gets some credited to him that he might not have actually sat down and wrote. But yeah, we're talking about our FDR? favorite, our favorite apostle. FDR. Not FDR. FDR did not write the Bible. Did not. Oh, contrary to popular New Testament. <laughs> contrary to popular belief. Uh, no, we're talking about uh, everyone's favorite apostle, the uh, the apostle Paul. Paul. Yeah. Paul. Yeah, Paul. Paul, was, the apostle. He, well, he didn't run around with Jesus. No, he didn't know the guy, but he met the risen Lord. So okay. it's fine. He's basically completely yeah. an authority on Jesus, even though he never met the guy. So um, anyway, so I just wanted to, I just want to say thank you for some of the, the gifts, the little nuggets that he's given us throughout the year. So um, this is, this is just some, just thought I'd take a chance to, to say thank you. So that's what I'm going to do. So Clint, can we, can we have a little yeah. thank you note writing music? Sure. I'm going to write a sure. note. Right. You ready? Yeah. Dear Paul. that women should be silent in church. It gives me a great excuse when I don't feel like praying. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for that. Sure. That's, a, that's the gift that keeps on giving. Mm -hmm. Especially when you get to have an excuse not to pray. Yeah, you can just be like, I, I can't. I can't do that. It says in the Bible. Yeah. You know? You stayed in that voice. I know. It's just right here. It's I can't it. speak at church. Well, that's a pity. It's, it's convenient. You got some good ideas. But they, they're, I'm a woman. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I have good ideas, but, but do they belong them. here? Is this yeah. where I should be saying them? Uh, I mean, Paul confuses us because he also tells the women to, you know, wear a hat when they prophesy, so... But that's that's like another that's a whole other thing. Don't even worry about that. Uh, well, we would do like accessories. Uh, oh wow, uh, we're not supposed to do that. Paul said. Oh. Paul said not to wear pearls and stuff. Not to adorn. <laughs> adorn yourself. Paul's never coming to sell. <laughs> Let's write another thing. You know. Yeah, I've got. I actually have another thing. Um, I would like to say to Paul. So speaking of things that we listen to really well, um, I'm going to write another one. Dear Paul, thank you for occasionally and vaguely mentioning sex. Don't worry, nothing has ever gone wrong with that. Uh, all the lists of things such as fornicators, adulterers, divorced people, people who are addicted to things, people in same-sex relationships, no one has ever had negative repercussions from your words. Everything is fine. Aaron. Yeah, because that's gone well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a lot of good stuff happen because of all that. Yeah. It, it, it makes sure that we get the right people in church. Yeah, because, you know, you don't want the wrong people being in a church. Because mm -mm. that be bad. Yep, but we don't have that problem because of the gifts that Paul gave us. So, just wanted to say thanks for that. Yeah, uh, 
It's one of the nice things about biblical truths, though, is that like, you know, people aren't going to argue. Because it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. You don't argue with the it's Bible. It's right there. It's in the Bible. Don't give so. you a paper cut. But speaking of uh, arguing, I actually have another note. This one's not to Paul, but this I, I have another note. Just one last note that I want to write. You do write a lot. I do. I have a lot of people to thank for all the great things that happen. So uh, here we go. Dear person pretending to be Paul, thank you for writing Paul's coattails. And thank you for negating some of the important radical things that Paul actually said. Such as, Christians cannot own other Christians. But then, you said, slaves obey your masters. Ha ha. Also, it's really cute how you pretend to be friends with Timothy. Love, Aaron. P.S. It's not cute, it's creepy. So, yeah, so I think I uh, got my thank you notes written for the for the week. I, uh, I appreciate you guys giving me a little time to do that. Hopefully maybe you've had some time to clean out the cat litter or uh, water the garden. Uh, during this time as well, but uh, when we come back, we will get right back to the scripture, the the greatest story ever. Oh, I can't wait to hear Best that. Best story ever. Best can't wait to hear that. So we'll see in a second. best story ever. So what we've been working on for the last year, last year or so, for a while now, God's creative story. We started there and then we went through those Bible greats through the summer. The Garden of Eden, Abraham, Moses, Joshua, David, that Jesus guy. Actually a lot of guys, some ladies too, but but now we're going to touch on one of the least story-like parts of the Bible. The part of the story that's its an awful lot like mail fraud. It's the part where we're reading 2,000-year-old letters written to the people who are first trying to figure out how to be this church thing after Jesus had preached and lived and disrupted it all. Our friend John Dominic Crossan, in fact, says... Remember, first of all, that Paul's missives are closed letters to specific recipients, not open epistles like, say, our letters to the editor. In other words, reading them is reading somebody else's mail. If we do not understand them, Paul and his recipients did, so the problem is mine and yours, not his and theirs. Paul didn't mean to write the Bible. That was an accident. Maybe, I mean, maybe not an accident, but it was like a side effect. He really wanted to let people know that they could pull off this doing church thing as a community. He was a church planter. He had traveled all over the known world talking about how to do this church thing. He had strong opinions, 
but he was also responding to a specific context. Sometimes he was even answering direct questions that were being asked of him by churches. Things like, if Jesus is coming right back, should we get married? If we've got rich people and we've got hungry people, how do we get the rich people to feed the hungry people? And really importantly, what do we do with all these uncircumcised Gentiles? Sometimes in the epistles, we get a bit of a narrative, though. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul tells several stories. He tells about his travels. He tells about time in prison. He assures people that everywhere he has gone, people were struggling with similar problems. He also fills in some of the audience on what they might not know because they didn't grow up hearing the Hebrew scriptures. He fills them in on the backstory and helps give context to what Jesus has to do with everything that came before Jesus. But he didn't mean to make scripture. He understood how central scripture was to people learning who they were, especially who they were in Christ exactly what it meant that they were a human being redeemed by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. He also knew that one of the number one problems that the church was experiencing was this radical thing that was happening. The blessing, that blessing back in the Abraham story, the blessing given to Abraham was the promise to make a nation of children And even the children of Abraham are surprised to find out what's happening. What God meant was that God was going to redeem everyone and draw them to be part of one body. And Paul saw that people were coming to faith and yearning to be a part of this redeeming grace, regardless of their non-Jewish heritage. The persistent Gentile problem, Paul saw, wasn't a problem at all but proof that God was doing something that God had in mind all along. Abraham had just gotten a sneak peek of the whole gospel of what God was doing. This is from Paul's letter to the Galatians, the fourth chapter. We're going to listen in on this. Uh, We're going to sneak some mail. He says, Understand that in the same way that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, Those who believe are the children of Abraham. But when it saw ahead of time that God would make the Gentiles righteous on the basis of faith, the scripture preached the gospel in advance to Abraham. The scripture preached. It was alive. All the Gentiles will be blessed in you, the scripture said. Therefore, those who believe are blessed together with Abraham who believed. He redeemed us so that the blessing of Abraham could come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus and that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So why was the law given? If a law had been given that was able to give life, then righteousness would have, in fact, come from the law. But Scripture locked up all things under sin so that the promise based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ might be given to those who have faith. Before faith came, we were guarded under the law, locked up until faith that was coming would be revealed, so that the law became our custodian until Christ, 
so that we might be made righteous through faith. But now, now that faith has come, we're no longer under a custodian. You are all God's children through faith in Christ Jesus. All of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, if you belong to Christ, then indeed you are Abraham's descendants. You are heirs according to the promise. Paul refers to the scripture story, hoping to unite those who were Abraham's descendants with those who were just coming to faith in Christ, who weren't necessarily born into that tradition. It's this exciting thing that Paul sees happening. Scripture had been there for us in the past so that we could see God and see where God was at work. Abraham had that happen for him. And everyone through until Jesus' birth had had this scripture there speaking the truth to them that all would be brought into this nation, this thing that God was doing. It's an exciting thing. Paul sees it. And Paul tends to get excited and carried away with how everything seems to work together when he looks at Jesus. I've learned to have a civil relationship with Paul. Our relationship has changed a lot over the years, and honestly, it's been tainted by some of those pseudo-Pauline texts I was joking about before, and some of the church's uh, proof texting and eisegesis reading into things for their own good. But I get it. I get Paul. He cares so deeply about the message of Jesus. He can imagine so clearly how we can work together to actually become the body of Christ. One of my favorite parts in Galatians is where he says, oh my gosh, look how big I'm, my handwriting gets when I'm writing to you. I'm so excited. Me too, Paul. I feel you. So all year we've been exploring God's creative story. Creation myths, eager prophets, family stories. We've dived deep into scripture. But you know what my favorite thing has been about how North Decatur Presbyterian Church has looked at this whole story arc? It's that we are doing the creative work too. Paul saw that God's work in the world was just beginning to happen. He wanted to be a part of it. And he wanted to bring others along. And that's why he became scripture, because he was contextual and a part of the transformation of the world. Paul's letters were chosen, copied, bound, and distributed because he was an enthusiastic and excited person. And he was about the work that he was observing happening right in front of him. And he joined the story. So what I wanna ask you is, is the canon closed? You know, the Bible was written, there were these 66 books. Someone decided that somewhere along the way, this one fits, this one doesn't. But is the canon closed? 
Are we done writing God's story? Is there anything more to be said? Do you see any of God's story actually unfolding in front of you? Is there anything new to be said about this awakening that happens in Jesus right now in the world? And if so, are you excited to be a part of it? Like the prophets, do you look around and see inconsistencies with the justice that God promises and the injustice that happens in the world? Or are you like the patriarchs and the matriarchs who know yourself to be living part of the story? Like the creation myths, do you see God's words speaking life into being? Breathing into your very nostrils the breath of life? Is this story alive? Or is the canon closed? You can write yourself into this story. You can be a part of creation, of proclamation, of transformation and redemption. Let the church be the next chapter of the book. Let what you're doing right now live for eternity in the best story ever. You know, I actually have one more not-so-snarky thank you note to write, if you don't mind. Dear Paul, in all seriousness, thank you for the gift of a glimpse of the early church. Thank you for becoming the living, breathing story of how God's redemptive work is happening in the world. Help us to live as though we are God's continuing creative story. Help us to be the best story ever. Aaron. <laughs>